Okay, so as Science Chan said, uh, my name's Joe and I'm from the Atmospheric, uh, Oceanic and Planetary Physics Department. Um, I'm part of the Ice Physics Group. Um, what I study in particular is sea ice growth. Um, so that's what I'm going to be talking to you about today. The first question you might want to know is what is sea ice? Well, sea ice is very simply ice that forms when the oceans near the poles freeze over. So in the South Pole, it's found surrounding the Antarctic continent, which is in white, and the sea ice surrounding it is in purple. In the North Pole, there's actually no land there at all, and everything we think of as the Arctic or the North Pole is actually sea ice. Depending on the time of year, there's about 25 million square kilometres of sea ice, which is an area two and a half times the size of America, Canada or China. But as I say, this is dependent on the time of year, and you have, we have about 20 million square kilometres of sea ice forming and melting every year, which is an area one and a half times the size of Russia. So the next question is, why do we care? Well, sea ice is one of the major uncertainties at the moment in climate models, uh, because it has a large effect on the climate system, but it's com been comparatively understudied to some of the other effects. Um, so the first, thing, first effect it has is that when sea ice forms, it creates dense water masses underneath it, which then sink and are in a major driving force in global oceanic circulation. It also has an effect on the reflectivity of the ocean and how much of the sun's radiation is absorbed. The sea ice is much more reflective and reflects about 95% of the sun's radiation, whereas the ocean is the opposite and it absorbs 95% of the ocean. So where you have more sea ice, you're getting less energy um, being absorbed into the ocean. And finally, it acts as an insulating layer between the ocean and the atmosphere and prevents heat transfer between the two. Uh, sea ice is also very important for wildlife. The polar bears, as pictured here, um, they use sea ice for hunting seals. And if there's less sea ice, this means they have less habitat and you get de declining populations. Other animals that live in and around sea ice include the seals they're hunting, uh, the penguins, and also sea lions. Some of you may also be thinking about sea level rise at this point, but actually that's not the case because sea ice forms from the ocean, it stays floating in the ocean throughout its life, and then it melts back into the ocean at the end of its life, which means that there's no change on sea level rises at any point. So we can cross that one off the list. So before we move on to how sea ice grows, I'm going to talk quickly about how, just how normal ice grows. Um, so basically what you get is once the, uh, once the water falls below zero degrees, you start to get small ice crystals floating on the surface. Um, and the water between these is also around its freezing point. So if you take away a bit more heat from the system, that also starts to freeze. And you get a large solid mass on the, on the top of the water, which gradually grows down deeper into the ocean, and that's what you see here. So you start off with a small layer of ice at the top, and as time goes on, it gets deeper and deeper. Sea ice doesn't actually quite follow the same pattern. It looks something a bit more like this. Um, the first effect that you get is that it doesn't actually freeze at zero degrees. It freezes at minus two degrees because the salt in the water decreases the freezing temperature. The second effect you get is that once you start forming small ice crystals, these ice crystals don't contain any salt at all, which means the ocean just next to these crystals is actually saltier, which means it's harder for it to freeze, which means rather than getting more solid when you cool it down more, 
you get the same amount of solid, but at a lower t with the liquid still there at a lower temperature. And this means that it's really hard to properly solidify um, ocean water. And rather than getting one big lump of solid, you actually get a matrix of solids with lots and lots of liquids in between, which is very salty. And this salt is essentially trapped in the ice because the heat is moving through, through, the, water, through the water in the ice much faster than the salt can get out. So it's trapped there, and you end up with these pockets of very concentrated brine that can't escape. And if you were to suck on some fresh sea ice, it would actually be really, really salty, and you wouldn't enjoy the experience at all. Um, so now, that's kind of how sea ice grows at, at its early stage in its life. Now we're going to start to talk about how it grows when it's a bit more developed. And basically, what you have, once time goes on a bit, um, so basically you have cold, salty water at the top of the layer, and you have warm, fresh water. It's fresher water, um, but it's easier to say fresh water. Um, and basically, the cold, salty water at the top is going to want to sink because it's a lot heavier than the warm, fresh water at the bottom. And to show you how this works, I've got some very expensive experimental equipment here, which I made with some food colouring and putting some water in a freezer. So I have here just a, 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 a beaker of water at room temperature, and I have my coloured ice cubes here. And when I put these into the water, what you're basically seeing, I should soon see very soon, is you can see the bits of... A big blue screen? Okay, so you can see these, these bits, these plumes of dye sink, um, coming down from the bottom of the ice cube, going down into the beaker. And basically this is happening because the cold water um, that's melting from the ice cube is much, much heavier than the, than the water in the, in the beaker. And so it's basically it's sinking to the bottom. And because it's bringing the dye with it, you can see it through these plumes that are forming. I'll just put another, another ice cube in there because I don't want to keep holding it. Um, and that's basically the same effect that you get in, in sea ice growth. So at some point, uh, a passing wave or something will disrupt, disrupt the ice as it's forming. And the cold, salty water at the top and the warm f is going to start sinking into the warm, fresh water at the bottom. So you start to get overturning convection within, within the layer. Um, and you can see here, we've got two, a couple of regions where you have uh, the flow bringing, uh, converging into one area. And because the water is going to be bringing salt with it, these regions actually have a higher, uh, are saltier than the rest of the layer. Um, and of course, this is going to decrease their freezing temperature, so some of the ice there is going to melt. So if we let this run for a little bit longer, it looks a bit like this. And you start to get little bumps where you've got less solids than you do elsewhere. And these regions where you have less solid, it's much, much easier for the brine to flow through those regions than it is the regions where there's more solid, because there's less resistance through those areas. So the flow through these um, bumps starts to get stronger and stronger, and of course this brings in more and more salt, and you very quickly end up with very narrow channels which are entirely solid-free, um, containing almost all of the outflow from this convective system. And you get very dense, salty plumes of water forming, um, coming out of these plumes at the bottom. So that's all I want to say on convection. I'm going to talk about brinicles next. And I realise none of you will really know what a brinicle is yet. So I'm going to swap over to a quick video uh, made, uh, filmed by the BBC as part of their Frozen Planet series.
So what you're seeing here are basically very narrow tubes of ice which are forming around these plumes as, as it's descending from the ice. And these form for a very similar mechanism um, to the ones I've just been describing, how you get the channels and how you get the, the mushy layer. Um, it's the same sort of feedbacks which are involved. Um, so if I go back onto my slides, that was supposed to be a video that I just showed you, but it's not working. Um, so if we bring up a diagram of what we have here, we basically have our cold, salty plume on the left and our warm, fresh water slowly rising on the right and then a, a layer at the top. It's the, the kind of combination of ice and concentrated brine is called a mushy layer. Um, and because we have a difference in velocity between the cold water sinking and the warm, fresh water rising, you start to get mixing happening between the two. And this basically spreads out the temperature. You start mixing some of the heat from the warm fresh water and bringing it into the colder regions, which of course cools the warmer regions next to the plume down. Um, but as before, the heat is mixing much faster than the salt can, which means that the water just outside the plume very quickly falls below its freezing temperature. So you get this buildup of ice forming around the plume as it grows. And as this goes on, you get these very narrow tubes forming around the plumes, which are called the brinicles. So if there's one, and that kind of, that's the last thing I really want to say. So if there's one thing I want you to take away from this talk, it's the idea that adding salt to water decreases its freezing temperature um, and, and the interesting feedbacks this, this creates. Uh, one effect that you see from this in everyday life is if you add salt uh, like you sprinkle it on your pathway in winter and basically that's it's going into the water that you get on the pathway and that's helping stop ice forming on your pathways and stopping accidents happening. And so there I will open the floor to questions. <laughs>